Welcome to the third episode of the This is not an internet podcast, because that's exactly what it is. It's not an internet. It is a digital workplace. Charlotte, are you ready? Yes, I am. I'm Ulrika McGregor and with me I have Charlotte Sperling. In this episode we'll talk about the fears we've met and um, actually continue to meet both our own but also the ones others have confronted us with. And just to be clear, uh, this is our personal podcast. We do not do this on behalf of Storenso, which is the company we work for. Ulrika, there was something you wanted to say before you start, right? Yes, there's something I need to say. Uh, because it has to do with the last episode. I blurred out something about the users not knowing what they want. And I already got some feedback on that. And I just wanted to make it clear that I do respect the users and their expressed needs. Uh, what I meant was that users sometimes get ahead of things. They ask for solutions because they believe it's the right way to solve their problem, whatever it is. And I believe that it's our responsibility to not always accept that, but to dig deeper in what the problem is and propose a solution when we have the full picture. Sometimes this will be the same solution as they were originally asking for, but sometimes not. I think there's a, there's a fantastic quote by, by Mr. Ford, actually. I think he said something about, if I have asked what people wanted, they would have said they wanted faster horses. Exactly it's, it's, my point. It's, it's a bit in line with that, right? It is, thank you. <laughs> So with that said, let's get back to today's agenda. But I mean, why do we even have a full episode of fears? Yeah, well, the thing is, we during this those past years, we met fear on so many different levels. We did not expect that or we had no idea that we would meet those fears. And we didn't really know always how to handle them or, or even identify that it was fears. And um, I think that we had wish we, we, that we had heard this from someone before we started. Mm. So the implementation of a digital workplace is a really, really big thing, and it's a big change, right? And change is bad. It's evil, even <laughs> <laughs> to a lot of people, like an instinct that change is evil. I think that that is like an you know, regardless of what it is, people don't like change mm. generally. Yeah, and in our case, they. They had something which they might not necessarily have liked, but they knew it and they understood it. Uh, and then we came along with this big new thing and mm. they didn't really understand what kind of change this would mean in their daily work. And they had to do things themselves. They had to put in, the, you know, select what they wanted to see. I mean, everything that was not served for them in their local language with the, that information that was, was for them, suddenly there were all this group stuff in English. And it was quite empty if they didn't do their, their own uh, selections. Mm. So there, it was a big change. It was. And um, quite harsh feedback at times, I would say, as well. Exactly. Yeah. There was there were there were negative feelings and, and it's not always that you understand also as, as a person receiving that information that the, the negative emotions could be based on fear. 
based on fear, the not knowing how to work this new tool. Mm. And what we've met on, on several occasions is also that the, this fear uh, comes out as anger. <laughs> yes, we've been screamed at a couple of times. A couple. <laughs> But it's good to keep in mind, actually, that this this strong reaction that might be an angry reaction actually might just be an effect of um, another that this, kind of fear. Yeah, that this person doesn't really understand why we are doing this or how it really works. Exactly, and that person uh, may uh, herself or himself have to, you know, go to his manager or his team and defend this or promote it or uh, get them to work in a new way or do things. And if you don't understand it, how it's really working or why it's there, being in that position, being forced into that position can really be what, what drives this anger and, and really uh, um, rage towards us in, in, in some cases, actually. Exactly. And I think for why we're bringing this up is that I wish we knew this before yeah. because we could have met, we could have sort of met them in another way uh, if we understood that this is, this was the case and then not taking it personal, but to understand that, aha, okay, so in this case it might uh, be enough or that this person actually just needs some more explanation, showing exactly. them, showing them how it works, bringing it down, taking it, stepping back a little bit and, and uh, explaining things. That exactly, not going into the defensive mode of of defending why we, you know, what we have and why it looks the way it does, but really going to the as you say, explaining again, maybe in a different way, you know, from another angle to sort of really get them to to get it, to understand it. So part of the fears we've met is from. Um, editors losing control. I've, I've seen the abbreviation for this phenomenon, like FOLC, F-O-L-C, fear of losing control. And we met this, um, especially, I think, because our local internet editors had a big change in their role. We did such a big change to the start page that um, their influence on deciding what their users could see was really limited. So I mean, they even, I mean, they used to have local uh, f f homepages, didn't they? I mean, and, and they were oh, now yeah. gone. Yeah, we had lots of them. We had like 70 or 80 local intranets and now we removed them and replaced it with a common solution. They could, they could still influence the content and that was the challenge to make them focus their efforts on creating good content, not worrying so much about where it was, was going to show up because the profiling and personalization would take care of that. But I mean, that, that was a really, really big change and generated lots of fear, I think. Because, I mean, they, they owned their first pages, totally. Mm -hmm. They they decided, they had control of what they wanted to, what type of things they wanted to show on their first page. And now that was gone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I must say to their defense, in, in, in um, lots of cases, they really knew their target groups. They knew their local target audiences. And after many years of having a local internet, they knew what type of information the users needed and what they needed to push from from their management. So for, for one part, I can understand it. On the other hand, uh, the solution we provided offered alternative ways of doing all that, but it was different. Yes, you mentioned you mentioned the folk uh, abbreviation. We, we actually we heard another uh, abbreviation called FOMO, fear of missing out. 
and that's uh, a, um, a person called Philip Rosenthal. We heard him at a seminar in Berlin a couple of years ago, uh, introducing this FOMO. Um, and this is when you, through the profiling, did not get, see the other unit's information. Hmm. We mentioned this in, in the previous episode when we talked about the profiling and um, personalization. And this missing out, the, this fear really came out very strongly uh, in the first couple of, I would say, half year maybe, when, when this whole profiling and personalization, when they started to realize what it actually means. And they were, were seeing that I want to see the others as well. But no, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's, that reaction was so strong that we had to meet it. We had yeah. to make it very much simpler to go and visit the other units or, or regions, uh, pages and information. What's interesting there as well is that when we introduced this new functionality to actually choose other news channels, yeah. uh, the first period they tick boxed everything. <laughs> I want to see this and this and this and this and this. And then two weeks later, they unticked most of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, because they realized that, ah, okay, uh, it wasn't actually so interesting for you. But the, the fear was still there. Yeah. And it probably was so. Now I'm just guessing is that if we hadn't given them the, this, this choice mm -hmm. and let them realize it themselves, maybe we would never have um, been able to conquer the FOMO. It was worth the development money. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> Another area that we brought in as new was, of course, the social features. Yes. Uh, we did not meet any fears from the users regarding social, social features. Uh, we got some reactions like, hey, guys, this is not Facebook. We're actually working here. Uh, but no fears. Mm. But top management, they had fears regarding this. Mm. They didn't really know what to expect. Exactly. From, from I mean, would social. there be... Yeah, would there be negative negative uh, comments uh, when there were some reorganization or, or unit being closed down, etc.? We had one of those cases, actually. Do you remember? We had a news article about a new an, another savings program. Mm. Uh, and um, uh, there was this guy who commented on this news article, and he was kind of getting fed up and, and asking questions and, and requiring to get answers. Mm. And... This, of course, stirred up a lot of, of, of um, emotions and the mill manager went down to the control room where he worked and, 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 and talked to him and sort of explained why this new savings program was there. And But he wasn't satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> he made another comment. <laughs> really requesting the CEO to comment. Yeah, which he did. Yes, extremely well. I was, I mean, he was really good in, in the answers openly in the comment fields. Mm. Uh, they really met mm. over the reasons for this. Mm. I think this, um, th this caused sort of two things, one good and one bad. And the good is that management could see the benefits that they could actually interact uh, with employees in another way, like directly commenting and making sure that they were closer uh, to the employees. And the bad is, of course, that there, I'm sure there were middle managers thinking, oh, whoops, <laughs> hey, where's the filter? <laughs> of course, they were being bypassed in the communication chain, because typically, if you have a question, you take that with your, your closest manager, uh, who, who then takes it with his or her manager. But in this case, we had like ground floor talking to top floor 
directly bypassing all the channels in front fear. of everyone else, you know, reading it. Yeah. So fears in this area as well. But I think that over over the years, we only see now good examples and really, really valuable examples from how the social features are being used. No fears anymore. Yes. Moving on to our own fears. I mean, we've we've had our fair share of fears and I guess we still continue to do. Uh, in, the, in the first part of our digital workplace, uh, one fear was, of course, about this big change. I mean, was it too big? Um, we put everything in one place. And of course, the aim was that you would know that everything is in this one place, but still it was kind of hard to navigate amongst your work sites and the information and the news and the local and the global in English. Uh, and we thought, is this too much to put on them? Uh, we removed all of those 70 or 80 local intranets. Uh, would we would we see like an underground movement of them growing back? Because this was not just good enough for them as users. So we, we were definitely afraid uh, about the effect, like what would happen if this was actually too big of a change. Mm. Too much stuff in one place not and not being able to find it. Mm. Because we needed them, I mean, we gave them new new concepts mm. that they had to understand that were, we thought they were easy, but we realized pretty quickly that no, they didn't get it. What we thought was easy, they thought was really strange and weird and difficult. Exactly. Mm. Um, current fears, we could talk a bit about that as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, we've been up here for a couple of years now and, uh, you know, you have your first, your early adopters, they're already with us. I mean, they're, they're going ahead full speed. But we also have the, the, I don't know if the English expression is laggards, but the ones that are not really, that actually don't want to, more actively saying, no, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, most of the middle people that are there with us now. But how do we get the last ones on board? How are we going to continue working with um, those that are still not accepting the solution or, or, you know, looking for other ways of, of doing their work mm. um, than, than in here. Um, and this, there, we don't have any good answers to this yet. How to do we, which new ways of change management can we do? Which new types of information or trainings can there be or, or, or super user programs or how are we going to get them all on board? And I mean, so also about how big effort is it worth getting them on board? How mm-hmm. many are there, and and um, when do we sort of stop? Yes. And what happens then? As you yeah. say, will they find alternative ways, and will that somehow uh, have an impact on us and the work mm. we're doing? Mm. Now that you say that, I have to think about when we talked to <laughs> we talked to this Gartner specialist about this earlier this year, mm-hmm. and he his question back to us was, "What well, how?" Do you know it's this bad, or is it just a few people screaming, screaming loudly? Maybe it's just a fear, Charlotte. Yeah. A troll. <laughs> exactly. People are so used to saying people don't get it, mm. but we don't know how many it is now that doesn't get it. Maybe it's mm. just a few percent, mm. or maybe it's still so many we have to make new ways of continuing working with getting them. I don't know. <laughs> Scary. We'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> Uh, another fear is, of course, uh, since we have outsourced practically everything, mm-hmm. uh, everything from development to maintenance to support and everything, we don't have that in-house. The fear of how 
can I trust the suppliers I've chosen that they are doing uh, such a quality work that we that they, it has to be? Hmm. How can I, who is not technically skilled on those deep levels, check or rely on that is being done in a good way? Mm. That that is a fear as well. I guess that that you know the answers lies in 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 how the contracts are written and how they allow for external reviews and follow-ups and and health checks and um, uh, audits to do that. But this is this is um, again we're coming back again and again to how big it is. But it is big. We're growing with 100 gigabytes per month. Uh, this puts a great toll on the environment and how it needs to be, um, the capacity has to follow in, in every way mm-hmm. on this, this huge growth of content. So what have you learned about fears? I guess in our case, it's it's much that we were really devoted and convinced about our concept and the whole holistic approach that we have, that even though we quickly heard what they said and okay i admit in this case maybe we really should have listened uh, <laughs> they said they didn't quite like like it and in particular the the profiling but we kept pushing that this is the way to go we firmly believe that this was the way to go that i think that's a big learning yeah uh, yes absolutely um we we pushed as you said we pushed it through uh, what 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 that concept uh, we didn't do a pilot or anything we said this is it and now you're gonna <laughs> yes. learn it oh my god it sounds bad when you put it like that <laughs> and and that of course was a lot about bringing bringing uh, a lot of the group news to to them where they earlier had focused on their lo- local uh, first pages and whatever was you know interesting to them uh, and we we then brought in brought in this divisional and, and group level <laughs> what we when we see external surveys on how people consume news, like when they when they read their their paper magazines, it actually shows that the first thing the majority of people read are the ob- obituaries. That's where you know who died, uh, who had a baby, <laughs> who got married. <laughs> really, yeah. that's that's what they that's what people read first because mm-hmm. that's what interests them most. Then they you know they may look at some of the local news, like the sports, you know, the sports team, did they win or not? A bit on maybe the domestic news, likely not the international news. Mm-hmm. And that is the, the the facts that those surveys show. And we just have to accept that people are people, yeah. and we have to balance that in our mission of how we want the digital workplace to serve people in the best way that suits them mm-hmm. and how the heck are we going to do that i that, that's another episode charlotte <laughs> <laughs> that was all for this episode and uh, thank you so much for listening next episode will be about the possibilities of finding people and who knows what in a digital workplace Say, for example, you need to know something about patents and you have no idea who in the company works with that. Now, sticking out your head in the corridor and shouting, you know, who knows who's working with patents may not be so mm. effective in a large international company. Not much. Uh, <laughs> so next episode will be about talking how the digital workplace can support in this situation. 
So we hope that you will stay with us for the next episode as well. You might even subscribe through any of the podcast apps that are out there on iTunes. You may rate us and leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. So until then, bye. Bye. Bye.